0: Well hello adventurers, and welcome to Skyrim Book Club. Today we are proud to present the vocal talents of Sean Rowland. Sean is a musician, voice actor, and host of the Bombshell Brothers YouTube channel. Listeners will be particularly interested to know that he is also the voice talent behind the upcoming re-release of the Skyrim mod, Read Aloud Books. Upon completion, this mod will allow you to pick up any book in Skyrim and experience a fully voiced, dramatic reading of its contents. Look for it soon at Nexus Mods. We're delighted to have Sean contributing to the show, and we have no doubt that you'll look forward to the high quality and remarkable talent he brings to each of his readings. Until next time, my friends, enjoy the book. Two Suns Dusk, 2920, Tellarune Morrowind A man to see you, Knight Mother," said the guard. A Kothringi tribesman who presents his credentials as Lord Zook of Black Marsh, part of the Imperial Garrison of Gideon. "'What makes you think I'd have even the slightest possible interest in seeing him?' "'asked the Night Mother with venomous sweetness. "'He brings a letter from the late Empress of the Cyrodiilic Empire. "'We are having a busy day,' she smiled, clapping her hands together with delight. "'Show him in.' "'Zook entered the chamber. "'His metallic skin, though exposed only at his face and hands, "'caught the light of the fireplace and the lightning of the stormy night from the window.' The Night Mother noted also that she could see herself as he saw her, serene, beautiful, fear-inspiring. He handed her his letter from the Empress without a word. Sipping her wine, she read it. The Duke of Morrowind has also offered me an appreciable sum to have the Emperor murdered earlier this year, she said, folding the letter. His payment sunk and was never delivered. It was a considerable annoyance. "'particularly as I had already gone to the trouble of putting one of my agents in the palace. "'Why should I assume that your more than generous payment from a dead woman will arrive?' "'I brought it with me,' said Zouk simply. "'It is in the carriage outside. "'Then bring it in and our business is complete,' smiled the Night Mother. "'The Emperor will be dead by year's end. "'You may leave the gold with a unless you care for some wine.' "'Zouk declined the offer and withdrew.' The moment he left the room, Miramore slipped noiselessly back from behind the dark tapestry. The Nightmother offered him a glass of wine, and he accepted. I know that fellow, Zouk, said Miramore carefully. I didn't know he worked for the old Empress, though. Let's talk about you some more, if you don't mind, she said, knowing he would, in fact, not mind. Let me show you my worth, said Miramore. Let me be the one to do the Emperor in. I've already killed his son, and you saw there how well I can hide myself away." tell me you saw one ripple in the tapestry.' The Nightmother smiled. Things were falling into place rather nicely. "'If you know how to use a dagger, you will find him at Bodrum,' she said, and described to him what he must do. Three Suns Dawn, 2920, Mournhold, Morrowind. The Duke stared out the window. It was early morning, and for the fourth straight day a red mist hung over the city, flashing lightning. A freakish wind blew through the streets, ripping his flags from the castle battlements, forcing all of his people to close their shutters tightly. Something terrible was coming to this land. He was not a greatly learned man, but he knew the signs. So too did his subjects. When will my messengers reach the three? He growled, turning to his castellan. Vivek is far to the north, negotiating the treaty with the Emperor, the man said, his face and voice trembling with fear. "'Armalexia and Sothisil are in Necrum. "'Perhaps they can be reached in a few days' time.' "'The Duke nodded. "'He knew his messengers were fast, "'but so too was the Hand of Oblivion. Six Suns Dusk, 2920, Bodrum, Warwind. "'Torchlight caught in the misting snow "'gave the place an otherworldly quality. "'Soldiers from both camps found themselves huddled together "'around the largest of the bonfires. "'Winter bringing enemies of fourscore years "'of warring close together.' While only a few of the Dunmer guard could speak Cyrodiilic, they found common ground battling for warmth. When a pretty red guard maiden passed into their midst to warm herself before moving back to the treaty tent, many a man from both armies raised their eyebrows in approval. The Emperor Reman III was eager to leave negotiations before they had ever begun. A month earlier he thought it would be a sign of goodwill to meet at the site of his defeat to Vivek's army, but the place brought back more bad memories than he thought it would. Despite the protestations of potentate Vesidu Shai, that the rocks of the river were naturally red, he could swear he saw splatters of his soldier's blood. "'We have all the particulars of the treaty,' he said, taking a glass of hot yule from his mistress' quarter. "'But here and now is not the place for signing. We should do it at the Imperial Palace. With all the pomp and splendour this historic occasion demands, you must bring Almalexia with you, and also that wizard fellow.' "'So the seal.' whispered the potentate. "'When?' asked Vivek with infinite patience. "'In exactly a month's time,' said the Emperor, smiling munificently and clambering awkwardly to his feet. "'We will hold a grand ball to commemorate. Now I must take a walk. My legs are cramped up with the weather. Cora, my dear, will you walk with me?' "'Of course, your Imperial Majesty,' she said, helping him towards the tent's entrance. "'Would you like me to come with you as well, your Imperial Majesty?' asked Vassidu Shai. "'Or I?' asked King Drozel of the a newly appointed adviser to the court. "'That won't be necessary. I won't be gone a minute,' said Reman. Miramore crouched in the same rushes he had hidden in nearly eight months before. Now the ground was hard and snow-covered, and the rushes slick with ice. Every slight movement he made issued forth a crunch. If it were not for the raucous songs of the combined Morrowind and Imperial army gathered about the bonfire— he would not have dared creep this close to the Emperor and his concubine. They were standing at the curve in the frozen creek below the bluff, surrounded by trees sparkling with ice. Carefully, Miramon removed the dagger from its sheath. He had slightly exaggerated his abilities with a short blade to the Nightmother. True, he had used one to cut the throat of Prince Jouilek, but the lad was not in any position to fight back at the time. Still, how difficult could it be to stab an old man with one eye? What sort of blade skill would such an easy assassination require? His ideal moment presented itself before his eyes. The woman saw something deeper in the woods. An icicle of an unusual shape, she said, and darted off to get it. The Emperor remained behind, laughing. He turned to face the bluff to see his soldiers singing through their song's refrain, his back to his assassin. Miramore knew the time had come. Mindful of the sound of his footfall on the icy ground, he stepped forward and struck very nearly. Almost simultaneously he was aware of a strong arm holding back his striking arm and another one punching a dagger into his throat. He could not scream. The Emperor, still looking up at the soldiers, never saw Miramor pulled back into the brush and a hand much more skilled than his slicing into his back paralyzing him. His blood, pooling out and already crystallizing on the frozen ground, Miramore watched, dying, as the Emperor and his courtesan returned to join the camp upon the bluff. Twelve Suns Dusk twenty nine twenty Mornhold Morwind, a gout of ever erupting flame was all that remained of the central courtyard of Castle Mornhold, blasting skyward into the boiling clouds. A thick, tarry smoke rolled through the streets, igniting everything that was wood or paper on fire. Winged bat-like creatures harried the citizens from their hiding places out into the open, where they were met by the real army. The only thing that kept all of Mornhold from burning to the ground was the wet, sputtering blood of its people. Merun's Dagon smiled as he surveyed the castle crumbling. To think, I nearly didn't come, he said aloud, his voice booming over the chaos. Imagine missing all this fun. His attention was arrested by a needle-thin shaft of light piercing through his black and red-shadowed sky. He followed it to its source, two figures, a man and a woman standing on the hill above them. The man in the white robe he recognized immediately as Sothasil, the sorcerer, who had talked all the Princes of Oblivion into that meaningless truce. If you've come for the Duke of Mournhold, he isn't here, laughed Merun's Dagon. But you might find pieces of him next time it rains. Daedra, we cannot kill you, said Almalexia, her face hard and resolute. But that you will soon regret. With that... Two living gods and a prince of oblivion engaged in battle on the ruins of Mournhold. A seventeen sun's dusk, twenty-nine-twenty, Talarune, Morrowind. Nightmother, said the guard, correspondence from your agent in the Imperial Palace. The Nightmother read the note carefully. The test had been a success. Miramor had been successfully detected and slain. The Emperor was in very unsafe hands. The Nightmother responded immediately. Eighteen suns dusk, twenty-nine-twenty, Balmora Morrowind. Sothisil, face solemn and unreadable, greeted Vivek at the Grand Plaza in front of his palace. Vivek had ridden night and day after hearing about the battle in his tent at Bodrum, crossing mile after mile, cutting through the dangerous ground at Dagath Ur at blinding speed. To the south during all the courses of his journey, he could see the whirling red clouds and knew that the battle was continuing, day after day. In Nisis, he met a messenger from Sotha Sill, asking to meet at Balmora. Where is Almalexia? Inside, said Sotha Sill wearily. There was a long, ugly gash running across his jaw. She's gravely injured, but Merun's Dagan will not return from oblivion for many a moon. Almalexia lay on a bed of silk, tended to by Vivek's own healers. Her face, even her lips, was grey as stone, and blood stained through the gauze of her bandages. Vivek took her cold hand. Almalexia's mouth moved wordlessly. She was dreaming. She was battling Merun's Dagon again amid a firestorm. All around her the blackened husk of a castle crumbled, splashing sparks into the night sky, the Daedra's claws dug into her belly, spreading poison through her veins while Almalexia throttled him. As she sank to the ground beside her defeated foe, she saw that the castle consumed by fire was not Castle Mornhold, it was the Imperial Palace. Twenty-four suns dusk, twenty-nine-twenty, the imperial city, Cyrodiil. A winter gale blew over the city, splashing the windows and glass domes of the imperial palace. Quivering light rays illuminated the figures within surreal patterns. The emperor barked orders to his staff in preparations for the banquet and ball. This was what he enjoyed best, more than battle. King Drozel was supervising the entertainment, having strong opinions on the matter. The emperor himself was arranging the details of the dinner. Roast nebfish, vegetable marrow, cream soups, buttered herlac, cod's crumb, tongue and aspic. Potentate Vesidjushai had made a few suggestions of his own, but the tastes of the Akaviri were very peculiar. The Lady Korda accompanied the Emperor to his chambers as night fell. The year is concluded in Evening Star.